0: now then everybody and welcome to the wedding mavericks podcast with Lindsay and jules a podcast for wedding videographers and photographers where we discuss all aspects of running a business developing technical knowledge and skills and pushing your creativity Wedding Mavericks podcast is sponsored by Divine Studios, a creative agency based in Leeds, helping businesses across the globe develop web experiences and brand identities. If you're looking for help with your branding or website, get in touch with them for a no-obligation chat to see how they can help. And if you mention Wedding Mavericks, you'll get 10% discount on their services. Thanks, Divine, for sponsoring the podcast. So, we are the last episode Uh, That we recorded, we kind of had a bit of a cliffhanger finish to it. And so, this podcast is going to be kind of continuing that story from, you know, the five year journey that we've been on since we started our business. And we'd got to effectively a couple of years ago, we'd been through the first three years. Um, We've given it a different title for this one because it is more focused around. Uh, particular topic but also kind of what's happening now and I'd say even though that last two years for many people have been s- slow and and uh, different um I think we've all experienced a, a range of uh, emotions and workflow situations in that last uh, couple of years that have been abnormal for us it, it was um it's been lots of different things. Mm. It's caught, created some unexpected changes, but it's also ended up creating a lot of clarity. And that's um, that's kind of going to be the theme: is that the, the the kind of tail end of this story, the tail end of this five years, if you like, is how out of something quite you know unexpected bad. Um, can come a lot of clarity um, and a lot of positive things. So,
1: and the way it kind of should be, should have been from the start.
0: Yes, it made us realise a lot of things and made us reset a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So, where do we get to, Lynn?
1: So, we got to. I remember finishing on a big, and then, <laughs> <laughs> but then, what came was the pandemic and everything just kind of all at once not just in the business but kind of in our family lives which I know you'll come on to things just seem to quite quickly appear like they were falling apart so we've been through this uh, really kind of hard work Emotional roller coaster, tough time, but we could kind of see that on the horizon there were all these positive things, and and that year twenty twenty was just geared up to to just be, to just really take off for us, and uh, and all of a sudden it just feels like it all all came crashing down. Yeah. Um. We imagine that you all experience this too. Many of you experienced this. Um, if you were already in the industry at that time um, and perhaps if you were doing something else you felt that in a different way with what you were doing back at that point Um, I remember we tried to be really proactive didn't we in terms of uh, reaching out to our couples trying to think how best to kind of manage expectations and let them know that Despite kind of what was going on, you know, from our perspective, we were still completely committed to, to being there for them on their day. So, even though that ultimately meant they're going to move their dates, that was something that we wanted to help them with. Yeah. Um. Because we didn't want people to just cancel. Because, let's face it, you know, us included, it was just panic, wasn't it? Mm. And so... The kind of understandable knee-jerk reaction to that for people likely would have been to to just cancel their weddings, cancel. You know, there'll be many aspects of their life that they would have had to to kind of think about doing that with. So, well, I
0: mean, maybe maybe they wouldn't just cancel, <clears throat> but because this was something that none of us had experienced before, it was a bit hard to actually predict what people would do. Yeah, you would, you would, you would sort of because I think a lot of people. They probably thought, I mean, uh, I don't know what you guys experienced, but there was quite a few people that just put it back a few months, didn't they? So mm. if their wedding was in June, they were trying to put it back to like August, September. Yeah. And that that was kind of maybe, you know, there was a good four or five of those mm. that didn't put it back a year or anything. Mm. They, they just tried to put it back a few months because few months, at that yeah. point people were thinking maybe it'll be all blown over in a few months. Mm-hmm. Then there were other people that were... And I think that that was because different venues were treating things in different ways. So they were like, oh, yeah. let's... Some venues kind of could see the writing on the wall and they didn't know how mm-hmm. they would fit people in mm-hmm. in the later summer because they were already full, they were already busy. So they were just telling people next year yeah. or the year after. Yeah. Um, sorry. No, no, but that's I just, okay. just but thought I, that was a I relevant think, think thing, it, wasn't it? it?
1: Yeah. So kind of with all that uncertainty and even though that's how we felt about it, we didn't have a clue what was going to happen. No. But it was important for us, I think, to show um, like a strong position and try to be reassuring, be empathetic, but kind of try to give them that confidence that it's okay, regardless of what kind of this brings. Yeah. We still have that commitment to you. So let's think about moving your day. And we did it in a way. I remember... Um, we uh, we did it in a way where we recorded a, a video and sent a video message to to all our couples because I think on the the morning that
0: we were we it were kind before- of we, we'd gone into the studio I remember because mm. we even recorded a video that you can watch on the YouTube channel somewhere mm-hmm. where it's it was basically going sat at a desk going through the problem solving of like well, what do we do we mm-hmm. we were we were literally just recorded as talking didn't we yeah talking through what are the options what do we do. How do we treat people? Mm. How do we make this work? How do we keep the business kind of going financially? Yeah. And we talked that through, yeah.
1: Yeah, because it was um, the kind of catalyst for it was because, uh, so this this is maybe about four or five days before the actual national lockdown was called in the UK on the Mm. 23rd of March. So it was a week before that and the restrictions had been talked about and things were starting to be shut down. But then... I think the government kind of felt, okay, people are just not getting this before they brought that in the 23rd. And so that previous week, things were still kind of opening, things were, were happening. I was on my way into uni that morning and got a call off one of our clients saying, My parents are going to travel from abroad. I think we just need to move this on for a few months because they're not going to be able to travel, basically. So I rang you and you say, Yeah, I've had a phone call. Oh, there's an email come through now. So. I ring uni and say I'm not coming in. You know this this is a this, this is quite an urgent thing for for the sake of sort of our business. I'm going to need to go to work. I won't be coming in today. Met you at the office, and that when, that's when we did it. And and like you say, we wanted to to kind of get ahead of and just ju- ju- just to give that reassurance to people, let them know that we kind of even though we didn't really have a plan, but don't worry, you know it's okay. The plan is at the moment. Yeah. We're still committed to you. Let's sit, think about how we then move the date for you.
0: Because you don't want someone to be in a position where they've already made their decision that they're going to cancel the wedding or whatever, and then oh. you just you just get told and the mm-hmm. decision's already made. Mm. Whereas we wanted to say, include us in this decision. Yeah. But w- you know, we'll do everything we can mm-hmm. to make your. Um, Make it still possible for us to capture your wedding if it's still happening, whenever it's happening, and I I think that worked. And I know, like you know, plenty of people have kept all their couples, but I think it's a testament that, other than the odd person who, for their own personal reasons, ended up cancelling the wedding, you know, I think there was only one or two out of like thirty or forty weddings that actually ended up cancelling. We didn't have streams and streams of them cancelling so Mm.
1: Mm. maybe
0: that was just luck maybe that was something we did i don't know
1: yeah but that's how we managed it and i mean so on the surface trying to um give that reassurance give an effective method of communication to them you know show competence in how you run your business and deal with unexpected situations if you like but then kind of under the surface for us (laughs) essentially you're looking at most of your income being completely wiped off the books and that's a scary situation. Yeah. When it's your household income. Yeah. And uh, neither of us knew when it would come back. Again, I'd imagine you were in the same position. None of us really knew when this was going to come back, if it would all come back. Just a position of, of, Total limbo, almost.
0: Yeah, and and obviously we all know we're we'll, we'll kind of carry on talking through the entire period of the pandemic from a for how did how did we deal with this and how did to do with that perspective because that that's kind of it's it, you know it's been and gone and, and I have done previous podcasts where I talked about it at the time, um, but kind of moving to to the state of our business at that time because that's what this story is about the the timing of us cuz in the last episode we were talking about we were just in the process of turning from sole trader status to limited company or, or partnership status to limited company and the timing of forming that company um was really unfortunate um obviously it's a bit unprecedented to have a, a pandemic and all businesses shut down etc and so that's why you can't really you can't really kick yourself for something that you couldn't have foreseen because it's never really happened before. Um, so it's not like you've got well, there's a there's a five percent chance this might happen, whereas this was like a, we had not even thought of this happening. Um, so we've 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 now we're now a limited company, and we have we are in the process of setting up payroll. Um, and the payroll was being set up as lockdown occurred. So I'm literally one of the first things when they start announcing furlough pay and grants and things, I'm on the phone to the accountant going, what what does this mean Like for us? like What should we do? Should we do anything? Is it going to be okay? And basically, after he'd looked into it a little bit more and they released some dates on when things, you had to have had your payroll set up by a certain date. And he basically said, you've you've missed out by three days so like three your payroll won't go through to this day and you had your first payroll had to have gone through by this day and it was three days over so that was it we couldn't we couldn't claim furlough money we couldn't claim the sace grant because we were now technically employed we were no longer self-employed so we couldn't apply for that um from a tax perspective, cause we, we put so much money into back into the business. We've been just constantly investing for the last few years. This was the first time we were going to actually start making some decent money out of it. You know, we were, we were basically wouldn't have been able to claim much anyway, but that's, a, that's a different point. Um, so we were in a, a bit of a state mm. Uh the, the tens of thousands that we should be earning in the coming months was gone because at this base point we can see everyone's postponing our cash flow for the immediate future wouldn't last very long. We we probably had a few months to to kind of keep going, and other than an initial grant of 10k that we got for having the studio, and that the government sort of paid out within the first few weeks of the, the pandemic and, and the lockdown, we didn't get any business support whatsoever. So, no furlough, no grant, um, and and there there wasn't really anything else we could do. At this point, we're in the middle of writing our final dissertations for uni. Um, Our four-year-old and our nine-year-old are permanently at home because the schools are closed. Um, And for the first three weeks of the lockdown, so I won't dwell on this too much, but just to put you in the picture of what kind of stress was going on over this time. And everybody had their own different stress, but this is ours. My grandma had been in like hospital and then a rehabilitation home and then a care home since um october time 2019 we're now in march 2020 we've just managed to get her before the pandemic Mm. started becoming a thing she's been at home for a couple of weeks we managed to get her home and get carers coming into the house but she couldn't be on her own all day and all Mm. night and obviously the carers coming in one thing but she got really poorly now we don't know what it was we don't know what, what what illness she ended up having but um, it, it it kind of coincided with the week lockdown started and I had a decision to make because we, we, we had to isolate and we didn't want to be moved. We, we weren't allowed to drive to and fro addresses and I didn't want to be transmitting infection. You know, my grandma was poorly. The last thing she needed was COVID. So yeah. I ended up having to move in there and basically stay there and isolate in her house. ...for three weeks... ...and in that three weeks... ...unfortunately she passed away... ...so I had three weeks of... (laughs) ...it was not a nice situation... ...and not only that... ...I'm away from you... ...and I'm away from the kids... ...and you're without me... ...and everybody's in this weird situation... ...where the world's shut down... ...and we're all at home all the time... ...I mean it was bizarre wasn't it... Mm. ...um... So emotionally, this kind of drained us all as a family because we couldn't be together when this awful thing was happening and um, and I was away from the family. They were without me. Um, I, I was basically watching my grandma die and it took like, after that, it took a month to sort out my grandma's funeral and gather ourselves and understand more about what was happening, the long-term effects of what was happening and what the world was going to, look like from like a just just life perspective let alone how we were going to make money because at this point we we were just sat there aren't we with yeah. no we didn't have any answers because the government hadn't really given any at this point by mid-may we knew we needed to take some drastic action to survive so in hindsight um looking back you know some of the some of the decisions we then made over these next few months we didn't make the right ones, but we didn't really have anything to, we didn't really have any um, yardstick to measure it on or previous knowledge to go against, did we? So we just kind of made the decisions we felt like we needed to make at the time.
1: Yeah. And I I think um, in terms of sort of revenue in the business um, or money to pay ourselves, we stopped paying ourselves then. So no no wages coming in if, if, if you like. Um, the only option at that at that point in terms of well not any assistance, but the only other available option um, was to claim universal credit. so uh, benefits for in effect being a kind of I guess unemployed.
0: yeah. Well essentially we were because we weren't paying ourselves anything mm. even though we were still we were still working on the business trying to keep it going
1: yeah um, uh, which, which is the so not that pride was a a thing in this but it was an unusual thing because it's the first time that either of us in our lives have, have needed to kind of go through that process um, but you know what I will say is, w- without it, we we would not have survived. We would not have been able to kind of keep... Well, put food on the table, if you like, oh, for yeah. for. Uh, well, I'm sure of we would
0: somehow, but we'd probably have, like, stack of credit card debt or
1: something. Mm, yeah. So we're kind of... Still, there's no sort of obvious end in sight or no clear kind of... Um, root out of what's happening you know with a view to being able to see okay well by this month it's okay because you'll be able to just go business as usual and get back to doing what you were doing we just didn't understand how long it was kind of going to get take to, to get things back on track so um, again always, always trying to be proactive I guess or, or kind of think okay this is the situation as it is Instead of sitting still, what what can we do then? What what can we think about consider here? And the thing in the back of my mind, my mind always was, um, we both left a previous career, and so this our business now was the whole family uh, household income. As I know, we've said a number of times, but um, we didn't know when that you know when that might change, and so for me, I started to think all right um you started the business you you know you're the creative brains behind it and all the while even still when you were at Yunnan's, you know and and throughout us doing our degrees you, you really were managing this I would come to the weddings and I would be involved in sort of client communications but you were the one running it so in terms of bringing a An income into the house and thinking about kind of financial stability and security for the future. I thought, I thought, well, it makes sense for me to be the one who looks at going back into a career or getting a job. And look how unexpectedly this has all come about. So, if you're going to do something, make it count and make it something that's recession-proof. So, I knew I didn't want to go back into the police. Um. Before I'd left the police and started my degree, I'd, I'd done or I was in a, a a role where I was working with uh, young people, um, and their kind of rehabilitation after offending and and things like that, and it it's sort of reignited an interest in working with young people that I thought, be- just before you know before I left the police and before the business was a thing. I thought, well, part of my route out of there is to start to sort of re-educate myself and look to go into something whereby I might work with young people or maybe be, be able to teach them. But it wasn't clear and it wasn't, certainly wasn't set in stone. But here at kind of early summer 2020, I kind of thought, well, I've just done this business degree. Um, in terms of teaching that as a subject it's secondary age kids, so it's teenagers, it's young people that I was working with previously. And I've got a real kind of modern take on textbook business studies, if you like. And uh, I think I'd love to be able to kind of teach young minds, young business minds and entrepreneurs of the future. I'd love to do that in the classroom and looked into teaching as a career and, and, a bit, you know, we're not sure we found out there was a bursary available, a short bursary, which, if I was to do it, that would give us a little bit of income each month and, I don't know, a lot of soul-searching. It felt like it was quite a quick decision in, in some respects, you, didn't
0: it? I think you decided to do it in the space of a few weeks. weeks do you have yeah. to redo your maths again? Oh, my God because yeah. because the, they said that the math certificate that you'd got <laughs> yeah. like a few years earlier that didn't count, so they they made you do your maths GCSE again yeah. in in space and of I two didn't weeks think or something.
1: Didn't think we were gonna do that. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Shits. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, look, so yeah. Look, long story short, the, the the kind of window of opportunity to be able to to enroll in have that in place for september 2020 it was closing quite quickly um and through the kind of universities that i I would have elected to do my course through the school placements you know to to do as part and pass of your course were there weren't any left basically so i I even had to i was cold calling schools i was was emailing schools (laughs) saying
0: give me a job for free can
1: you can i do my teacher training at your school (laughs) um and and so and luckily I found one um and and had an amazing year had a a fantastic year and a a, 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 an amazing experience um doing that uh and that's what I did September to July 21 um and uh yeah absolutely loved that and um that takes us up to, to kind of yeah like so that, yeah. I mean
0: back back to kind of the the business side of things, so <laughs> Lindsay Lindsay's teaching um or she's training um which kind of was starting to send us in a little bit of a different direction <laughs> um albeit temporarily, but we didn't know how long we you wouldn't be able to like have close contact with the public, mm. how long till weddings would happen, how long till you be able to do. Um, any kind of photography or videography work that wasn't business related because you could you, by this point by by late summer you could do sort of certain business things as long as you were taking precautions and wearing PPE and all that sort of thing but the, the, the wedding thing they were only happening with like a limited number of guests people weren't really wanting to do that in in the big in the general terms I know that there was a lot of photographers that were managing to get these micro weddings but I'll be honest, I never went in on that because I just I just thought, well, uh, you know, I saw the prices that people were offering these for and I just thought I'd be better off trying to get work with businesses because that's actually more what it would help us in the long term too by mm. building up relationships with businesses. So that's kind of the route I went down. But in terms of the studio, we've got the studio that's just sat there and by this point, you know, we're the, the cash flow is starting to get, tight and we didn't know when we were going to open we we're going to be able to open the studio again and there's no funding coming through um so the overheads even though the overheads weren't high for for a business premises they were they were quite modest we didn't have thousands of pounds extra to keep spending and running this thing that we didn't know how long we wouldn't be able to use it for and because it had taken so long to renovate we we'd already spent so much money without generating any income and now it was potentially going to sap the last bit of money that we had left in the business at a time when we're potentially going to have to fold the whole thing um, and and both go get alternative jobs alternative employment so there's no long-term contract for the studio because it's in this old mill and It's like a one one month, three month, or whatever rolling contract. So we decided to walk away. This is kind of August September Mm. time. We spent 10k, well over, well over 10k, probably 15 plus. Um, I don't actually know that. I never worked it out. It was too painful to work Mm. out the exact amount of money. um, You know, on everything that we spent. But we spent over 10k renovating it, furnishing it, decorating it. We'd spent over a year doing the work uh, because we'd had to kind of do it around other stuff, around the studies, around work. And uh, it, it took it literally took blood, sweat, and tears. There was a lot of tears, um, <laughs> a lot of frustration. Uh, you know, a lot of "I oh, wish I'd never fucking done this." Mm. Um, and um, and and basically. We'd only put the signs up for the studio and finished, kind of put you know finished painting the walls and stuff. Literally a few weeks before the pandemic happened, and we and we went into lockdown. So it was super painful. I you know by this point, I'd gone I'd been going to it for a few months. You know just to like work in there a couple of days a week, um, with nobody obviously coming in. It was just me. Uh, yeah by September that year we'd moved out but we had nowhere to work from We had nowhere to store all this stuff we'd accumulated a lot of stuff because we were going to do proper studio shoots we had huge pam- pan- uh, parabolic um- umbrellas and loads of stands and lights and um, we, you know, I had a whole I painted an entire wall it was like <laughs> a big massive green screen we had like a cyclorama you know infinity curve. I mean it were It was kitted out and we had a lot of gear stored there. Um, And uh, yeah, we had nowhere to put it. So I started converting the garage, which is where we're sat now. Um, That's another story. We won't go into that now. But again, this literally was just some old dusty garage uh, before that. (laughs) So towards the end of the year, the furlough scheme was extended. There were a shit ton more grants. Um, handed out to businesses with premises I mean like some of the grants that people were getting were were just you know they were f- f- for especially for a business like ours that the rent wasn't very expensive so the amount of money that you were actually getting given was like three times or what would have, we would have been getting given was three times more than the rent mm-hmm. so it would have replaced some of the other income we'd lost um, crackers you know So in hindsight, we should have kept the studio and we should have kept paying ourselves through payroll because the furlough scheme got extended. And by getting extended later on in the year, they switched the date to when you had your payroll set up. So it was no longer had to be set up by a certain date in March. It had to be set up by a certain date, I think in October or something like that. So basically, if we'd have carried on paying ourselves come October, we'd have been able to claim furlough for the next year. Um, so we'd have been able to like you know i'm not going to say benefit from that because it's not about getting one up on the system it's about the fact that the system was supporting everybody and we felt like or not everybody but it was supporting a lot of people and we felt like we went through the cracks on all this support because of the circumstances but had we known what would happen and we'd have made some different decisions we might have actually benefited from some of that support later on in the year um and, and all we needed to do was just hang on another couple of months, um, which we could have physically done had we have known. Mm. So, crikey, it was uh, it was very frustrating. We'd probably literally ended up being tens of thousands of pounds better off altogether. Mm. Um, so we're, we've now reached twenty twenty mm-hmm. um, at the end of twenty twenty, and through that year we didn't shoot a single wedding uh, I did one shoot for another photographer they just needed someone to do because their husband did video and they just needed he couldn't do it they just needed someone to come and shoot the video so I shot the video and I did end up editing it for her um, and that was it that was the only wedding in 2020 uh, but the business still generated around 30k Um. but here's the kind of kicker with that apart from a small number of commercial jobs that weren't particularly well-paid, um, there were far more work than were, I was getting paid to do them, but it was a desperate thing of just take what whatever is available at the yeah. time. The majority of that 30K came from the amazing couples who'd agreed to pay us in advance for shooting their wedding. So, you know, they'd postpone their wedding to 21 or 22, uh, well, I think they were all 21 at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but they basically, they they said they would pay <laughs> us the full amount um, earlier on in that, that summer. And uh, had had they not done that, I'm not sure what would have happened. We'd have either had a huge amount of debt because uh, the bounce back loan that we took would have basically gone towards mm. keeping the business going or we would have had to fold the business. So... Without that, um, that would have, you know, that probably would have been the end or certainly would have put us in a bad place. However, the flip side of it is um, we're still shooting weddings now and we were shooting them all last year um, where we weren't really getting paid for them. So, you know, I think there's still four or five this year that we haven't, we've done some already, but we haven't, we won't get paid for them now because we've already been paid two years ago and there was plenty last year um so we had to take on more weddings than we anticipated to both last year and this year to try and fill that in Mm. basically Uh, because but that's how we survived and that's what I think everybody was doing, was just doing whatever they could to make it through. I know there's, we've talked to plenty of photographers that have said that they're still carrying loads of debt. Like, you know, they, they went well into the bounce back loan and they've, they're going to be paying that off for a long time. Mm. Um, other people, you know, they just, they went and got jobs working in meat factories and all sorts of stuff just to try and keep some, some money coming in. So, Yeah.
1: Because it was, it was, it it was, it was about survival for, it was, yeah. For for so many of us. And, and the hope that we would all bounce back from this, you know, there would, there would be a turning point that, that would be able to come back from it. Um, kind of positive aspect of, of this particular period for us was that, because of the way, and we talked a little bit about it before, because of the way in which we'd communicated with the couples and, and helped our couples um, to be able to move their wedding, we did keep just about all of the bookings that we originally had. Yeah. Um, there was there was uh, w- one case that that um, ended up cancelling because, um, unfortunately, we you, you know I made an error in judgment of. Oh, that one of I what, forgot about I go, Yeah, you know, and and that was that came from a conversation with the photographer actually, where um, we we were going to be working photographer and then ourselves filming that wedding, and um, the conversation between us was, well, you know, kind of legally, there's the, the or the client wants to move the wedding again. Right now, legally, there's nothing in place to say that there's any reason to move the wedding at the moment and so the photographer wasn't sure whether um
0: as in there was no restrictions to, in place, no restrictions but she, in didn't place. Want to, she didn't want to go ahead with the wedding on this on the first postponement date yeah so i
1: wanted to just knock it knock it ahead on again. another year so there was just kind of a, a bit of a discussion i think they were kind of thinking out loud almost and it kind of planted a seed in in my mind anyway of oh well should we be charging a bit more than if that's what we want to, you know should there be a a small charge on top for people wanting to do that when really you know at the moment there doesn't appear to be a reason why the wedding wouldn't go ahead and so to knock it on again and just kind of trying to think well
0: and the wedding this, could have happened because it would have been september last year so by then yeah. weddings were happening as normal yeah. pretty much and it could have happened. So mm. it was just, it was more of a choice thing, wasn't it? Mm. That, that they wanted to move to the year after. Yeah. And they hadn't real, they'd, they'd booked quite some time ago, so they hadn't paid a, a massive amount. So the suggestion was, it it would be, there'd be a couple hundred quid extra, mm. which we thought wasn't really that big an issue. No.
1: Because um, they wanted to move it to a peak day ahead in the future as well and the original booking had come some three years previous to that so it would have been four years down the line and with how pricing's moved on and the kind of I suppose what's available within what we're charging for now anyway it, it you know it, I, l- I learned a valuable lesson because the client said that they weren't happy with that and unfortunately then um from her perspective she she no longer wanted to to of well, no proceed we she would so. we would have
0: still been filming a wedding, but we just gave her a way out didn't we because we just thought this is soured now and and we're not really we don't really want to film someone's wedding when they're being a bit shitty with us now because mm. that's not where we were that's not what we were intending no,
1: no, definitely not it was but instead you know there was resistance on. Their part to want to just have a conversation on the phone, and I, I really wanted the chance just to be able to to talk that through and and kind of explain that. But it was it was done by emails, and and you know it was just it, it was a shame was that, but uh, you know one out uh, of le- one out, learning, out of, all of them. Though, d- yeah, it was a learning. Yeah, thing. yeah, definitely, definite learning curve for me. You know, with don't um, always get it right. but, <laughs> You know, um, thankfully, in terms of other all our other bookings pretty much people had would do would all manage to kind of work together and, and sort of swap dates. So that was a really good thing, a really positive thing for us. We were still really busy with inquiries as well. Um which was a strange thing, um, wasn't it? Because here we are in this world of not actively being able to sort of do what we've we've come to love and, and sort of we're moving people's dates. Yet there are people you know, the world's still turning in one yeah, respect yeah, and wasn't people it. People are still planning. People are still getting engaged people are still planning for the future and so there were new inquiries coming in so across 2020 bizarrely we had over 250 inquiries Mm -hmm. um so you know it well that was a that gave us massive reassurance didn't it because that did give us hope for the future that did keep things positive for us because we thought okay at some point, then you know we've just got to carry on riding this storm because at some point, then the future could look bright again. Like we said, the world's still turning for people. People are not stopping making their plans for it, for the future, and so that's that. That was a that was a wonderful thing. That's definitely something yeah. that kind of so kept us it, it was more out.
0: about whenever things do start to open back up, mm. that there's something to be positive about. Definitely, I think we should we
1: should be busy. Definitely, because the demand is still there yeah. for photography, videography services, definitely. Yeah. So we we can't, from that period of time, we couldn't give more accurate information of kind of where those inquiries completely were coming from. Um. Because at this point, uh, with sort of the CRM that we were using, there wasn't an accurate way of actually, not like there is now, there yeah. wasn't an accurate way of us being able to um pinpoint exactly what what was kind of where was the seed planted for that for that person in terms of their inquiry where did that come from so we're not able to kind of go through that to hazard a guess we would kind of say maybe google or social media
0: yeah i think i think most of them were from google at that point <coughs> just because that I, I didn't we didn't have something that captured it uh statistically but i did have a, a a free text box on the inquiry form and that google was the one that came up most mm. So, yeah.
1: So, um, that's good. Inquiries are still coming in. Things are kind of looking positive then. But like sort of many of us, y- you know, many of you, sorry, we definitely learn at this point not to kind of, or t- with the best will in the world, try not to overstretch mm-hmm. ourselves. And so ensuring that you have... You know, savings buffers, if at all possible, different contingencies because you just don't <laughs> <laughs> crack, you just do not know what's around the corner. Um, the money that our business generated in that year covered our costs over a very slow 18 month period. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, there was the, the, thankfully because of uh, the bounce back loan there that helped us. Um, And so with what was left, we tried to still kind of make positive business uh, moves in terms of our marketing. So we put what money we could into marketing because we'd had all these inquiries. And like we said, because we could kind of almost in the very distant future, see a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. So, So still to have kind of, again, sat still and not done anything at that point in time, I think when things did start to open again, uh, I think we still would have been in a really difficult position because there'd have been no prospects, there'd have been nothing in the pipeline for... Yeah, if we'd have just waited for
0: things to open back up, but you haven't haven't gone after getting the work in.
1: No, no. So it was really important for us, again, trying to think proactively, not just thinking about what's in front of you. Try to think beyond it. There's these little snippets of positivity. So what can we do in addition to that then to try to put things in an even stronger position for us going forward and so we looked at, at our marketing options as I said um and, and just to make sure that that uh well as, as, I, as I said we came back fighting we were in a stronger position and um and we would hopefully kind of get the business back to a similar place of where it was or where it was kind of forecast to be in 2020 version one <laughs> <laughs> um Looking back um, over that sort of period of time, I think, well, I think we agree on this, it certainly helps us to be better as a business going forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, You know, I mean, we even started the year, didn't we? Goal setting, (laughs) consciously goal setting and being very intentional about that because it's not something we've ever done before yeah. and like you've said we we're coming into our fifth year in business and so it's shocking that we've, that we've never consciously kind of sat down and, and but like and structured we said we, that. we've had a lot of plates uh, ab- ab- spinning ab- absolutely we? So, absolutely so
0: which 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 plate do you let smash on the floor if you're going to goal set
1: of course and so it uh, in yeah yes with that but what a great experience to have had to just teach us some valuable lessons. Definitely. To allow us it allow us to go to a point of reset and almost start then to move forward um, in the way that we always should have done like I said at the beginning um, because I haven't gone on to be a teacher Have you not? <laughs> So, you know, I, I did I did the year's training. I worked for a little while as a teacher. And I will say that I wasn't naive or didn't understand just how much work was sort of involved in being a teacher and had the up- utmost respect. And as I say, that training year, I, I, I absolutely loved it. Really, really loved it. But in that time alone you were trying to keep the business sort of ticking over. You were full-time with the kids. I was in effect working a full-time job that I would leave the house at about half seven in the morning for, return home at about six in the evening and then have six, seven, and then still have uni work to do or lesson planning on top of that in the evening. That spilled over into the weekends. And so if I wasn't, Working on a project with you, which there wasn't much of it at that time, but still, in terms of quality of family life and balance, you know, it took an even bigger hit, um and on my health as well. When I did start the teaching job full time, because things had started to happen again with weddings and reopen, reopen up and the calendar, you know, was was full in that sort of last six months of last year. Open up, skipping ahead too too much here, but. again the emphasis kind of was 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 on you to sort of do all of that and and it just we had a decision to make because you could see what impact that was having on me it was having an impact on us as a family and so there was a discussion and a decision had to be made of whether or not that was something that I wanted did I want to do that so passionately so much over Working on our business and investing into our business, that I was willing to kind of sacrifice my own sort of health and well being to make that work. My family's own health and well being, and and the, the the kind of the quality time and the balance that we'd worked so hard for and that we left the police for in the first place. You know why did I want to go back into that environment? And so. You know, breaking it down from that perspective, I do have a passion for working with young people, and I absolutely loved the teaching. And hopefully, in the future, it's something that we've talked about. We'd love to be able to incorporate into what we're doing right now. So hopefully, we will. But you know, life is too short. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so the decision was to step away from from teaching. And kind of a reset, you know, that word reset, it's it's so relevant to so many different aspects of kind of our lives over that eighteen month period and and to what's brought us here now. And um yeah, <laughs> I'm all in, we're all in, we're all systems go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, as you can as you can sort of list listening to this crazy story, um two thousand and twenty one <laughs> Was a roller coaster of a year, you know. We started the year with all this uncertainty, Lindsay's tr- teacher training/slash working full-time. Um, and, w- and we had we had focused, and at that point, we were focusing on you doing that. Mm. And me, I was going to try and run the business, but obviously, I was also uh s- sort of doing the lion's share with the kids because mm. you, you, you were in, working quite intensely and uh. We'd we'd kind of prior to that, been structuring the business, working as a two two shooter team, hadn't we? Mm-hmm. Whether that was doing just video, just photo, or photo and video, the majority of the jobs that we were trying to get, because obviously we could charge more for two people, we were trying to do them together because we would we would it would be an easier day. We'd probably give a better product at the end of it, and hopefully that would be a good justification to charge more price wise. So that was the plan. The plan was changing. We were going back to, I was going to try and be a soul shooter and get most of the jobs as a soul shooter. It was It was so like all over the place, wasn't it? We just didn't have a, have a steer. Um, and you're doing uni assignments and you're working. There's no clarity on when weddings are coming back. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm honestly questioning, am I going to have to get a job? Am I going to have yeah. to, what am I going to do? And then like for everybody it was like just the most bizarre thing because June onwards, it was insane. It was intense. Everything just kind of started happening again. And between kind of June and uh, December, we shoot 40 odd weddings. A third of them are photo and video together. So, you know, from an editing perspective, if you do photo and video as a, you know, whether it's as a, if it's a soul shooter, yeah, but like a, as, a, as a pair, um, it doesn't necessarily mean you, you you split the editing 50-50. I mean, we do sometimes, but it, you've still got two lots of editing, two lots of processing, two lots of files, two lots of uploads, and you're delivering a bigger product. So it's going to take more time to do the post-production on, on that than if you were just, you know, at this point, you know, if I got a photo wedding, I could edit it in one day. I can tell you it'll take me, Damn sight longer than that to do video and photo together. So you can't process them as quickly, and they're just coming thick and fast, and they're all in that six mm. month period. So you know you, you've got a fifty plus wedding workload if you're looking at the editing from from those forty weddings. And there were last minute jobs coming in all through the year. We were doing corporate work. You're studying. You then get this full time job. The kids. Oh man, and we could have done more. We could have taken more work on. There was more work there. Um, but health and happiness had to start taking a higher thing on the priority list yeah. um, than the stability of our finances. And mm. and we already knew this because that's why we started doing this in the first place. That's why we left us careers. Mm. Um, so I think after the pandemic, certainly back in the last year, start of this year, that was it was just the reminder we needed, wasn't it? As to what the plan is, what the goal is. And mm. that's why... Now in this podcast, if you go back and listen to the last sort of 15 episodes um, of this second series, we started on the business back end and we've talked through everything that you need to have a successful and sustainable business because what successful and sustainable is is different to everybody depending on their goals. Mm. And at the end of the day, there's no point in having a load of money And a load of work, if that doesn't fit with what your actual goal is, which is to have a nice balance, you need a certain amount of money to live, you need a certain amount of money to pay your bills or to do the things that you want to do that are important to you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just you've got to be purposeful about that. And what the pandemic taught us was how to weather the storm, be resourceful, um, actually things seem to work themselves out even no matter how shitty it gets and you know the the back end when everything opens back up and money's coming in again and things look good and things are super busy too busy um that like you know kick up the ass to go just remember Mm. why you are doing this you are not doing this to work as hard and put as much stress on yourself as you did when you had these really secure careers. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to smell the roses. And actually, when we look back on the last five years, I smelled the roses a lot less than I ever did in the previous five years When before we left the police mm. because just worked and worked and worked our asses off. Mm-hmm. And that's our own fault for going to uni at the same time. And, mm. and obviously it wasn't our fault that Um, a monkey ate a bat and a pandemic happened or whatever. (laughs) That's a joke, by the way. I'm not saying that's what happened and cruelty to animals and all that. I'm just joking.
1: But I I think, (laughs) moving on, I think that's why, why, you know, that was one of the the biggest things in in the decision to step away from the teaching because what we saw quite quickly was that, you know, and it it did, you know, a, a thing happened where what I should have been teaching wasn't as straightforward when I got Don't to the school. Don't tell that story. Don't tell then. that story. Okay. So, but because of this additional subject I've been given to teach I, that I'd never been taught before, I was, my day would be set my alarm for 3am, get up, plan the lessons for that day, go to school, do it, come home six, seven o'clock at night, see the kids just in time before they went to bed. Then I'd be planning or marking go to bed, set the alarm for three, do it all over again. And that took its toll really quite quickly. And the question was, you know, I'm now 40 years old. 15 years ago, career-driven, I would have made that work.
0: Would you have made it work for 25 grand a year? Yeah, you would. Of course you would.
1: I would have been, you know, that kind of ambitious and I think I do have a strong work ethic. Oh, very strong. And would have done it. And I did that once upon a time, you know, to the sacrifice of the time that you and I got to spend together. So this is before we had Oh yeah, kids. we've already been through so, all that. So we? we've, yeah, we've been there, <laughs> kind of done that. And so that's the thing. It wasn't kind of a hypothetical, oh, well, if I was younger, I'm a bit old for this now. I've done this once over in our very early days of, of being married. And so could I, did I want it so badly? Could I justify it so badly to myself, to you three, that I wanted to make that work and I couldn't and I couldn't because I knew that I'd stepped away from that career previously in the police because of the control and the demands that it placed upon family life yeah and just didn't want that so you, you know exactly kind of what you're saying that that was a, a huge part in that because yeah. that a de- certainly be no roses to to, To smell smell point.
0: yeah and this is the thing you know we we whenever you listen to people talking about running their own business or whenever you it doesn't matter you could be having a you could be in conversation with people about what careers they do what jobs they do because that's that's a you know when we socialize that is a tip you know, talking point isn't it? It's topic of conversation is to, you know, how's work? What, mm. are, you, what are you up to? And you, you've always got people. Oh yeah, I've got this new job, new promotion, blah blah. blah. And that's fine. And, and when you are focusing on that, you know, climbing the ladder, whatever, and and that that applies also in running your own business. Mm-hmm. So we still want to build a business. We still want to grow the business. Mm-hmm. But we just what what we've learned from you know our previous careers, and then what sort of we lost track of over the last 5 years and the and the last 2 years has kind of brought us back on track is that we we're not doing this just to just for the financial gain no because it's it's got there's too much more going on in life and i guess we're labouring that point maybe a little bit at this point because if you're listening to this story and you if you take anything away from it it is that with the experience we've gained through our previous careers and life and through what's happened over the last five years of running a business is you, you really need to be clear on what your priorities and what your goals are. And don't, don't negotiate that for anyone and don't get sidetracked with what so-and-so is doing. You know, I'll give you an example. I often sit there and I look and I think when I see people posting these destination weddings, and I think, oh, that looks so nice. And um, and what I've learned as well is, one of the things I've kind of analysed is, destination weddings seems to equal winning awards or getting some kind of uh, elevated status in the industry. Because for some reason, like a lot of people that win the wedding industry award, they're videographers, they, they've got destination portfolio or whatever. I'm not saying it's quite as simple as that. There's there's more to it, but I think that there's something there, and I also know that people talk about destination weddings like some kind of badge of honour, elevated status, and yeah, you might be able to you might be able to in some cases charge more for destination weddings. You might not, you know, some people be doing them for for a lot less money than they should. But the thing is, why does that bother me? Why do why do I feel a little bit of envy when I see those destination weddings? When actually I don't want to travel. I might want to travel every now and then that might be nice, but I don't want to be on the road. I don't want to be flying in and out of the country every other week doing destination weddings. It wouldn't suit our lifestyle and it would, I'd end up more miserable than before. So, you know, that's just an example because that's something that would get talked about amongst people in the industry, destination weddings. So, but there's there's loads of little things like that that you can you can kind of think about, and, and depending on how you, depending what glasses you're looking through it, it will look different, and it will feel different for for different people, and you've got to stick to what's important to you. So I went on for a right tangent there, didn't I, <laughs> I could tell you were like looking at me, with like them bow selective face. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he going? Right, we'll try and uh, get back on to that point. So (laughs) 2021, we generated about 70K. 90% of it were from June onwards. Um, There's also a bunch of weddings we've been paid for in there. Mm -hmm. We've received over 300 inquiries. It did feel like a huge boom. In terms of like marketing and the inquiries and stuff, we were getting like 35% from Google because now we're measuring it. Mm. About 20% 20 of them from Instagram, about 70 and a half percent from Facebook and the rest were kind of split between other things like refer- personal referrals and things like that from couples, which had slowed down because there hadn't been any weddings happening. So normally there's a steady stream of referrals because you go to a wedding um, and film a wedding or photograph a wedding and you usually get a referral or two from each wedding uh, along the way, but there haven't been any web- weddings happening. So yeah, um, and then we move on to, 2022, and like we're four months in, so we've had over 250 inquiries at this point, just in that first four months, which is a bit a bit crazy. And in this year, we'll generate more revenue than we have in previous years, um, and and there's a lot of reasons because we're now both focusing on the business together, um, so we're both in this all our time, you know. Work time is focused on this. We haven't got. You're not doing uni anymore. Um, so, you know, in this five years in, we've managed to do <laughs> what we'd um, what we'd Set intended out to do, to do,
1: intended do five years right ago. at the start. So
0: that's that's the thing. That's how long it's taken. It's taken five years to make it look like it's supposed to look. So don't ever think that when people mm-hmm. oh they're they're doing really well in business. Oh, that they've just started the business and it's booming. you know it might be looking good, but in terms of are they actually making money from it? Mm. Are they able to live a lifestyle that they're trying to live you know is it is it kind of happening? Is it safe and secure all that um are they happy? It's taken five years
1: mm.
0: <laughs> um yeah uh, of those inquiries just to mention a lot of those are from instagram we've been running some ads at the start of the year that worked really well so we'll do some more discussion around that later down the line um because i think things are changing with instagram at the moment but uh yeah and then where are we now yeah
1: so the last couple of months um again again so we've, we've um I was going to say we've tried to kind of include you in what we've been going through, but w- w- essentially we've rabbited on, haven't we? About over, over the the uh, the podcast that we've done together about the fact um, that we've been refreshing our branding, having a new website, designed, um, and kind of properly working out the direction of the business moving forward. For for, um, for the first
0: time, we've we feel like we're actually we're we're purposefully thinking it through rather than going. Well, yeah, we'll just we'll just do this.
1: Yeah, um, and like you say, you, you know, so in in the in the future, we know that ideally, we'd like to include a little bit more work with businesses in what we do, and eventually, kind of reduce the the number of weddings to just to try to to sort of balance things balance things out um, a little because um I, again just considering the, the impact on sort of family life uh weddings although there are a lot more weekday weddings happening you know it's mm. still predominantly weekends isn't it so and the work with um businesses and it's it's more specifically kind of charities and not-for-profits and things like that that um that we have got an eye on hoping to hoping to work with but that's really been the focus for for the first few months of the year then yeah i re- refining um,
0: refining refri- refining whoa that's mm-hmm. a word refining the brand yeah because we've it's taken so five yeah, years to realize like the sort of weddings understand- we're really enjoying
1: yeah 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 it's 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 kind of forced us to to kind of have a look inside if you like think about what you know the identity of of who we are then, and what 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 are we all about? What is it that we want to do, and what what do we want to convey to people? So, so that's been massive for us, and um, you know, with the the podcast sponsor to to thank for that.
0: <laughs> I think you know w- when it comes to branding, we've we've talked about branding, so I won't, won't labour the point. But I, I kind of because we're talking about five years, I sort of I think of if you consider a business like a child and a child grows up and develops its personality when it gets to certain kind of milestones, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what our business has done over the last five years. Mm. You know, it's grown, it's grown a a personality. And when you're really starting out and your first year or two, it doesn't have one. No, You don't really know what it is. It's just trying to learn how to walk and talk. And it's not until and that's why if you're feeling frustrated with it, you know, the first few months or first couple of years of your business that things are not quite what you want them to be, that's okay. You're gonna work that out down the line. It ain't gonna come overnight, it's not gonna come in the first six months to two years. It's it's gonna it's taken us five years to build a an idea of a personality that we are. And that's now what we're going to fully inject. Yeah, we've started to do it before. Before now, it's been a we, we've implemented various things over the way, but it's only now that I actually feel like someone asks a question about you know, well, what what really are you all about? What makes you tick? Why you know? Mm. And I really feel like we we it's it's just natural now. There's nothing that's unanswered. Um. So you, you don't, yeah, don't feel frustrated if you aren't there yet. Right. So we're going to move on. We're going to wrap up. Mm-hmm. But um at this point, we probably need to address the fact that we, we now both have degrees and we started the previous podcast and the, in the title saying like, we've no experience, no. <laughs> so like, you know, we had no formal training in photography and media production when we started. And, and we honestly didn't. Um, and, what I'd say is now I've got a, a degree that is, I've got a first class honours degree in media moving image and photography, okay? And the stuff that we learned on the course was relevant to taking pictures um, and recording video and editing and and lots of things, business, branding, being a freelancer, starting a business, all sorts of things. And there was lots of economic uh, ec- uh, academic writing you did a business degree same sort of thing you've learned about all sorts of things like marketing and, and branding and you've, you've learned about all sorts of business concepts Um, so over that time in our business we have been learning and educating ourselves uh, now Lindsay might have a slightly different take on this I, I I had learned everything that I could learn from the course from a practical perspective that I did. I'd already learned it before I started the course. So by the time our business is up and running, mm-hmm. um, you know, the stuff we'd learned in uni, I'd already learned like that already. So from scratch. So in terms of like getting a degree, it didn't really, I don't think it really helped me to run my own photography and videography business. So
1: why did
0: you do it? Ooh, do you really want mm, no to pull thread? on that thread? Uh, I didn't go to uni and I'm the only one out of my kind of family, you know, cousins, brothers and sisters and that, that haven't gone to uni. Um, and I was kind of doing this thing where I was changing my life and I thought, oh, uh, I'll, I'll go to uni because that's that'll help me to feel like i'm you know give me it sounds bad but give me a little bit more Make me feel a little bit comfortable in my family circle in my peer groups you know like i've got this education there was like i need to fall i need something to fall back on should like we, we try to make a business with from nothing that's quite got a high quite quite a high um percentage rate for failure mm-hmm. so I thought you know I need need something to be able to get a job or at least some kind of qualification to help me get a job down the line um and I felt like we needed it for I, I felt like I needed it for what's the word I'm looking for You needed the credential the cr- yeah the credential so mm. I needed I needed it to be able to say I'm qualified to do this I'm not just some chancer. I I've got I've got a degree in photography or a degree in media. So that you know people would take you seriously. Um what I would say might not be everyone's opinion is that's nonsense. So um yeah, you can learn a lot more not going to university. But that's quite a controversial statement. <laughs> And it wasn't that I wasn't good at university because I did well, but that's not the point. What about you? I, oh well, I Lindsay's think, a I school teacher, and she? We'll just, so you know she, <laughs> <laughs> she 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 agrees with the formal education aspect. No,
1: no not um, not wholeheartedly. I, I would say just because of the nature of the subjects that I'd studied, there are aspects of that that I've been able to bring into what we've been doing more recently in in understanding our business like you said the marketing the branding the sort of identity behind it and thinking a little bit more about um the external environment if you like and how that can impact on your business but uh what I would say is what what um there's there's lots that I took away from my degree um but a lot of and others that might have done a similar kind of topic you know it's much of it is focused around larger organizations anyway and multinationals and things like that which the the maybe there are snippets that that we can um use in in what we do but um no yeah I don't know. So, some relevant, some not. Maybe that's, I a, doing that's it. It's a different it, it topic a, another, it, 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 for another day,
0: isn't it? Should you should you do need to go to formal education for um for, for becoming a photographer or a filmmaker? We can we can save can that for another debate that one another, another day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so there are plenty of people with much more experience in photography and filmmaking and, and particularly wedding photography and videography than us and everyone's going to have their own story and their own journey and it will have shaped their approach to their creative work and their business and we feel like it's really important to lean into your story you know who you are and how you got there and um, the, all the experience that we've discussed in these last two episodes have helped us to learn very quickly and because we just went for it you know at Like lightning speed (laughs) um you know it's been more turbulent because of that and we've taken risks um and if you've listened to this and you're early on in your journey and you're starting your business or you're, you're in your first year or two hearing how we approach the last five years might have highlighted how you need to take your time because you don't, you might not enjoy taking risks. Mm-hmm. Um, you might prefer to pace your learning and development. And there are certainly times where you wish we'd taken, we hadn't taken so much on. Yeah. Um, and it would have, it would have worked better had we not taken so much on. Um, but, but maybe, maybe you're inspired um, by listening to what we've said, and you feel like there are a lot of opportunities out there if you're prepared to work really hard for a shorter period of time. You know, like really push yourself for a short period of time knowing that then you'll have something and a short period of time could be five years. That's mm-hmm. kind of what I'm, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, so that you, you can build something quickly. Hopefully it doesn't take five years. If it hadn't been for a pandemic, I think it would have taken four. <laughs> um, but we would love to hear about your experiences of starting and growing your business, whatever stage you're at. Um, so if this has been useful, inspiring, or you found it really boring, <laughs> uh, lol, um, let us know. And if you don't want to write an essay, you, you want to tell us your story, share your story with us, but you don't want to um, have to type loads of stuff, just leave us a little voice message on Instagram or you can DM us um, on other social media uh, platforms, at Wedding Mavericks. Because um, genuinely, we'd love to kind of hear what you think, and uh, we'd love to hear what your story is. Um, so, I think that's that's it. Yeah. Really.
1: If if you are enjoying listening to to what we discuss each week, um, please follow and subscribe if if you haven't already. Um, and if you have uh, time to leave us a quick review at all, we would really really appreciate that. Because there are some on there, but we can't read them yet because we haven't got
0: enough. Because there ain't enough. You can visit the website uh, at weddingmavericks.com or you can watch it on YouTube at Wedding Mavericks. Um, and please, wherever you're kind of, if you're watching this or if you're listening to it on a podcatcher, uh, please subscribe or follow wherever you're doing that. Um, we're going to probably move the day of release. We should be releasing this tomorrow on Friday. Um, and we're going to probably just release them on Friday and the reason is is because we, we imagine most people who listen to this podcast are probably doing weddings or whatever at the weekend so they might listen to them in the car on the way to uh, weddings and stuff like that so we're going to try releasing them on Fridays uh, instead for a bit and that'll probably work better with our schedules because otherwise we have to try and if we do it at the start of the week to put them out at the end of the week that makes more sense for us and um, we'll, we'll be able to do a better routine I think doing that. Um, and thank you so much for all your support um, with the podcast and thanks to Divine Studios for sponsoring it and we will catch you again hopefully next Friday see ya bye